0: Who decides medicine prices? How are vaccines made? Hello, welcome to this podcast in a series brought to you by FPIA, the European Federation of Pharmaceutical Industries and Associations, where we're continuing our discussion on what's known as the TRIPS waiver, this setting aside of some of the terms of the Agreement on Trade-Related Aspects of Intellectual Property Rights. In June, you might remember, the World Trade Organization agreed to waive some IP rights of the private sector on vaccines against COVID-19. Some proponents argued that this increases access to those vaccines. Well, now the WTO is considering extending that waiver to cover diagnostics and therapeutics for COVID-19 too, but it is proving complex and somewhat controversial. The deadline for reaching agreement is set for mid-December. Well, in these podcasts, we're aiming to unpick and clarify some of the key concerns. My name is Sue Saville. I'm an independent health journalist, and I'm delighted today to be joined by Dr. Claire skentleberry Director General of Europa Bio, which represents both companies and associate members across sectors, as well as national and regional biotechnology associations. Standing, I gather, for some 2,600 biotech companies, of which 2,300 are small medium enterprises (SMEs). So, welcome. Dr. Claire Skentleberry, may I call you Claire? You may indeed, Sue. May mm-hmm. I call you Sue? <laughs> indeed. <laughs> Thanks very much for being on board for this. Well, just tell us, though, what about your organisation, Europa Bio? What does it make of this proposed extension of the TRIPS waiver?
1: Yeah, that's a very good question. So, we represent as an industry association really the sort of the part of biotechnology where the innovation pipeline is flowing as much as possible. So, we're looking at how Europe in particular, but research anywhere can find its maximum value through an industrial development pipeline, because this is where next generation disruptive technologies come from. It is where next generation diagnostics and therapeutics are coming from. And there is a huge need for it. It doesn't just fall from the sky, it requires significant strategy, structure, funding over the long term. And so, When we understood that the TRIPS waiver was being considered to be extended into diagnostics and therapeutics for COVID, obviously this is very dismaying because it was challenging enough around the COVID vaccine itself, which is quite a tightly defined area. However, diagnostics and therapeutics are incredibly broad and cover multiple sectors, multiple technology types, and a sort of rather casual approach to its extension in sectors where definition is everything, doesn't really help. It doesn't add any security or confidence into the system. And we also look at how people think this may achieve their aim of making things more accessible globally, because frankly, it's not going to, as we've already seen with the COVID vaccine position. And I can use some really nice examples around this where you look at diagnostics, for example, because this is linked to access to intellectual property. And within COVID diagnostics, the genetic code for COVID was released almost immediately after the pandemic started. So that is in the public domain. PCR testing, the fundamental driving test that's been used throughout the pandemic has been off patent for years and years. So there's nothing that really holds back access to diagnostics development within COVID. Everything has been pushed into the public domain. The IP tends to sit around how that publicly available information is tied into patentable products and processes. And that's not necessary. It's completely beyond the remit of what they wish to do, especially as you can buy literally hundreds of different types of COVID tests from the corner shop in container loads off the boat. So, That was a really good point in that there is no benefit to applying this into diagnostics with COVID. But the risk comes through deterring investment and confidence into these areas in future because people are then worried about what is going to happen to more patentable aspects of this.
0: So if then IP is a global issue these days, do you think then the waiver, if extended, really would undermine the incentivizing and investment in biotech globally?
1: It will, without a shadow of a doubt, because biotechnology is already a high risk zone. You're taking fantastic new scientific discoveries and looking at where they can be applied into prevention, diagnostics, therapies, management. And none of these things run quickly or smoothly to patients. So they're very expensive and they take a really long time it takes a particular type of investor to come in and help support the development of these technologies. So anything that changes how biotechnology might be perceived to make it more risky as a pipeline or a pathway for investment drives down investment into that area without a shadow of a doubt. Even if, as we see in the TRIPS area, it's very complex, it's very nuanced, it only needs to change the perception that biotechnology is harder and higher risk and more vulnerable to get investors looking elsewhere, particularly now in this global economic environment that we currently have. You know, there are other places that hot people are going to put their money for investment right now. And de-risking biotech is absolutely critical if we want to keep those disruptive innovations flowing.
0: And as you say, taking a global perspective, although the name of your organisation, Europa Bio, shows its roots in Europe, the biotech industry is, of course, truly global. So you're looking to influence or have a say on the discussions of the World Trade Organisation. What influence can you as Europa Bio have on that global
1: stage? Well, we're very fortunate to be part of a really great network called the International Council of Biotech Associations, the ICBA. And I currently hold the vice chair position on that. And this is a collection of national biotechnology associations from all corners of the world that work together around key common areas of concern. So we put aside geographical territories and we come and say, what will have a global impact on biotechnology? What will impact small companies and innovation flows everywhere? And something like the TRIPS waiver is exactly one of those topics. So with the ICBA, with amazing associations all around the world, we go and talk to the WTO, we go and talk to our national governments and go, please look at this and understand that this will impact the innovation landscape in your own country. And it will be a handbrake and a barrier to investment into early stage innovation for development through to uptake by patients. And all countries want to have thriving biotechnology sectors. All countries want to have a fantastic foundation of high-value SMEs that are really going to impact future healthcare and future economic performance for those countries. So this TRIPS waiver and the efforts around it are damaging and impactful to all countries in the world.
0: And you mentioned SMEs there. Would they be any harder hit if they've got a smaller
1: pipeline? I think when you've got a small pipeline, you are always more open to risk. Because of course, these companies work on far shorter cash flows. So they have a very specific target to reach with quite limited set of assets. And anything that slows them down or makes it more expensive is going to reduce their chances of successfully making it either to clinical trials or to partnership with another organization. Small companies are always more vulnerable. And they also don't have the depth of strategy or 20-year planning to be able to bring into their pipeline because they simply don't have the cash flow to back up the 20-year planning. They've got cash flow for a very short period of time. So anything that impacts that is going to be bad.
0: So you've pointed out some of the concerns around the diagnostics. What about the therapeutic side of it? Do you see risks there?
1: Yes, very much so because a lot of what we saw in COVID, in looking at COVID treatments, are drugs and therapies being developed for existing other conditions or other diseases that are being tested within a COVID setting. It's rare that you have medicine so unique it would not be used for anything else, particularly for COVID where we need things quickly. So the risk is that you're going to have therapeutic candidates or established therapeutics that could be tested for COVID. But of course, the risk is that they can be manufactured and used in lots and lots of different applications, not just for COVID. So, this is not about one therapy for COVID. It's about potential therapies that already have multiple uses. And so, the risk for misuse is very high there.
0: And given that this is a World Trade Organization decision, what do you think the EU position should be on the waiver extension?
1: I think the EU really needs to understand the critical value of innovation and intellectual property as part of that innovation. Doing the amazing research that Europe does and the number of startups that we have, that's really good, but it doesn't guarantee success. They really need to understand that this needs to be protected and supported right through to much more mature areas of uptake. And not only that, for the small companies' ability to progress, If large companies are then looking at these areas and going, right, we're going to disinvest from this area because it's too high risk, then there is nowhere for those company technologies to go from smaller companies. And that backlog, that slowdown, that stagnation in innovation feeds right back down through the pipeline. So you can never take innovation for granted. It doesn't just exist without the right incentives. When the arrangement
0: was made back in June with the WTO, they said that they committed then to reviewing whether this should be extended. So is there some sort of face-saving option? What would you like to see happen if you feel, as you've described, that this really isn't going to be beneficial, it's not going to fulfil the, even the aims of the waiver from the
1: proponent's point of view? What would you like to see happen now? That's a really good question. And I'm not really sure I know the answer. Aside from to say, it's incredibly important that it is not structured in such a way as to damage or limit the ability of small companies and early stage innovation to keep developing. It's very, very difficult to measure something that isn't there, if you know what I mean. So it's like if a company cannot start up or cannot grow, because of the perception of diagnostics and therapeutics in COVID being too high risk from an IP perspective, it's very difficult to tell, you know, if they never exist, you can't measure their absence, which sounds like a crazy thing to say, but it's like ghosts in the room of technologies that never were because they were deemed too high risk to put that early stage investment into. So I would like a huge amount of care and attention to be taken to what people mean by the very definitions of what they're playing with. Because, as we said right at the beginning, what do you mean by diagnostics and therapeutics? Is it COVID itself? Is it long COVID? What sectors does this cross over? What technology areas are you extending this to? Because the diagnostics world is a huge world and you risk damaging very, very significant pipelines for development with somewhat a loose or unstudied approach to what you mean by this and the legal definition that you are applying to it
0: gosh there's a lot in there thank you so much dr claire skentleberry of europabio thank you very much for your insights
1: no it's an absolute pleasure and it's always great to be able to explain how seemingly high level discussion points and high level decisions taken after many years of extremely political discussion how it can have a very tangible impact on innovation and economic development and everybody is a loser then you don't get access to better medicines and diagnostics for patients you don't get critical economic development that is based on knowledge driven economies you damage the base that governments say they seek to support all the time and so we're saying please don't do this please look at what you're doing and please take care to protect the innovation because then everybody benefits
0: Thank you so much for your thoughts there. And for our audience, we will have further podcasts hearing from others on this issue of the proposed extension of the TRIPS waiver. So do click the subscribe button to be the first to know when we release another episode. And please do leave a rating and a review. Bye for now.